What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B-Reed. What's going on, man? Whole bunch of nothing. You know, I'm tired of you accusing me of not watching sports and hosting a sports podcast. I don't appreciate it. But every day, I get accused of not watching sports. Well, I don't know what you think I'm watching. I just don't think you're watching anything. (laughs) <laughs> you think I'm just sitting in a room staring at the wall? Watching your dogs play. <laughs> Sad about your life. Kind of feel sorry um, for you, but I'm extra happy now. Mm. Uh, you know, I um, you know the only thing that I did watch that was not a sporting event was uh, The Walking Dead. That really, really got me going. So I, I want to give a big, big thank you to you for getting me back into it because I was done with the bullshit. I don't think it's I don't think it's drastically different. Nah. Storyline's a little bit better. Not a lot of empty shows which you complain about, but overall, still the same format. I think you're gonna be disappointed. You're gonna be disappointed next week because it got you all excited and they're gonna be expecting something big and then you're gonna be disappointed. They're just gonna build it up for next season. <laughs> yeah, but I, I already know the storyline because I followed the comics, so I, I'm I know what to expect. No. But um, well, they're they're kind of anyway. kind of way off that. Not really. Yeah, because Henry they they started that, but Henry wasn't supposed to die because he was taking over. Uh, oh. Spoiler alert! Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, kind of a big spoiler. Spoiler alert! We might need to edit yeah. that. They don't expect that from a sports Spo- show. <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> well, shit is yeah, being wild. It's, it's Wednesday. That shit happened Sunday. If you don't know by now, yeah. it's your fault. If y'all ain't seen it, it's your own damn fault. <laughs> uh, I'm, all right, man. So what you think? Of, what were you going to say? I was just about to say what you were probably about to say about tournament. Uh, yeah. So obviously you got a chance to watch. I was I was home from work watching uh, the Thursday games. And um, this was pretty chalk, man. I mean, it was pretty standard. It was a couple exciting games. But for the most part, I wasn't over, overly impressed with uh, with the games. Were you? I thought there was some pretty exciting games in there. I mean, some pretty, I mean, there wasn't a lot of upsets. That's probably what people are most concerned about. I guess the biggest upset would be Oregon getting there as a 12 seed. But other than that, I mean, everything else, like you said, is pretty chalk, pretty standard. Um, So, I mean, I kind of expected that this year. I thought everybody thought there was going to be all these big upsets. But, yeah, just Florida and I'm looking at the bracket, just Florida and Oregon. But I thought there were some pretty good games, though. If you take away the upset and the excitement of that, I think a lot of those lower-tier teams gave some good games. They just didn't come across. Like, UCF, they – man, they well, should have been – What a game. That was one of the best college basketball games I've seen probably ever. Man, that was one of the worst closing moments I've seen execution by any team, like, in history. How do you, how do you be up by three <laughs> and other team has the ball – and they leave that possession up by one. That's a four-point play. It wasn't even a three. It was just your big man foul out. I don't know. It was just, it was just terrible. Tennessee game yeah. was good. Uh, who they Tennessee played? did everything they could to lose the game. Yeah, but they finished. L- the LSU game against Minnesota was really good. I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot of standout players in this tournament, but it's funny. They're predicting this NBA draft to be one of the weakest drafts since 2013, and, mm-hmm. and I don't really see that. 
And I know some people, if y'all play fantasy basketball out there, some people trying to get a lot of draft picks for a weak draft class. But anyway. Um, yeah, that's because I don't believe the talking heads. I have eyes. There's a lot of que- there's a lot of question marks, but yeah. But if you got the number one pick, I mean, you're good, so it really don't matter. You know what I mean? I don't, so. I don't know about that. The two top prospects can't shoot to save their lives, so I don't like players that uh, can't shoot. So we talked about it. Um, a little little note that came out yesterday that's near and dear to my heart. Coach Mike Anderson been fired by Arkansas, but uh, you know that's kind of crazy though that they would fire him. Um, I know that this season didn't go the way they thought it should go. End of the day, he's took Arkansas to the tournament three of the last four years. He has a winning record. Like, I don't think he deserved to be fired. Like, what? what's the reason uh, for firing him? Firing him? Unless you're going to bring a better coach. Because here, here is the thing. I, I love Coach now, Anderson. Now, like, I met the man. Look, now, huh? I'm hearing that they're going after Kelvin Sampson. I don't know if they already think they can get him, but that's, mm. what, that's the word. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard Fred Hoiberg. I've heard a few things. So if you, I mean, if you can upgrade, I I love Coach Anderson. I do. I've met him. Yeah, uh, you know, he's a solid. He's a great man, solid guy. Um, but at the end of the day, man, one thing I noticed about Coach A is he does not run an off like he does not run offense, and his his, his basketball like style has not caught up to today's basketball style and it costs a lot of games um you know I think he he had a young team I don't think this was the year to fire him because he basically was playing with all freshmen and it was a pretty deep class that's was only going to get better um so I I thought it was going to be tough to fire him uh especially since he's had a winning record but at the end of the day um Arkansas has been bounced in the first weekend of the tournament you know for Every every t- every time they make the tournament, which I think he made it three out of eight years. Nah, that's not true. Uh, they faced North Carolina like the year before last, and that was in the second round. Still first weekend oh, though. You said first weekend. I thought you meant the first. Mm-hmm. Round. Yeah. Well, so, who does Arkansas think they are? I mean, I, I agree with you. Like ninety four. <laughs> Arkansas fans are pretty unrealistic. Um, you know, when it comes to football, when it comes to basketball, for whatever reason, we think that we're the cream of the crop. When in reality, we're not. Um, you know, we think that we should we should be a top ten basketball program, which you know has not been the case since since the nineties, really the eighties with Eddie Sutton. Um, but anyway, it's 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 tough to see Coach A go uh, because he is a great man, a good coach. But I think if you know that you can upgrade the coaching position, that's the only way you can make this move. So, Kelvin Sampson, known cheater, I'll take him. Uh, Fred Hoiberg was successful at Iowa. Um, Fred, I Hoiberg, he can... Fred Hoiberg is a really good coach, though. Yeah, I don't think Arkansas um, would get him though. No, I think he's going to Nebraska, from what I understand. Um, yeah, so it's tough, man. We'll see. Um, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there because that is a tough loss for the Razorback family. But uh, we'll we'll see how it goes, and if uh, if we can land a, a, maybe upgrade that coaching position. But um, as far as the tournament goes, man, there was definitely some standouts. Uh, Zion, I think, is prime for the NBA. Obviously, that's not breaking news uh, but just watching him over the weekend was w- really confirmed that i mean he played exactly the way i wanted him to play but ja morant that dude looks like he could be special yeah man ja ja looks only thing you know you look at ja's frame and i didn't i didn't really know ja last year but i was reading and they said ja could have went number one pick last year they thought that he was gonna go and he didn't which is interesting and he's really developed his game. He's gotten better. He can shoot him outside. There's really nothing that he can't do. Zion is Zion. Even though Zion is this beast of a man, 
he's a he's a gamer. He's a player. Like I said last week, he reminds me of Charles Barkley. He doesn't have the greatest jump shot, but he can score. He can shoot it when he needs to. As you saw in that game, they try to leave him open for three. He can knock it down. Um, he's just a beast. The only problem is the dude is what six seven, six eight, and he plays like a big man. But he has a forty inch vertical. You get more open space in the NBA. He's hard to stop in open field. I mean, I think he's a can't miss player, but. Injury concerns is my biggest thing with him. Got R.J. Barrett this quietly doing his thing. Whatever he's doing in the tournament is only going to get better in the NBA with the wider open court. Uh, you know who I like? Uh, also, uh, the kid from LSU. Who's the point guard from LSU? You, you know his name? Yes. Uh, Traymond? Um, Traymond Waters. Yeah, Traymond Waters. That dude's a gamer, too. I really like that dude's game. I don't know if he's ready for the NBA right now, but he's a gamer, man. He's clutch. He really runs the I've watched him. Up. I've watched him for the last two years up close and per- personal. I've been to games where he just beats the hell out of Arkansas. It, it, that's the one cat that Arkansas can never stop. Um, so I've been watching him for years, and he is a real – I don't know that he's an NBA point guard, um, especially not – certainly not a starting point guard, but, I, you know, he's a, he's a really good college basketball player. Well, I think he'll be like a, a solid role player, you know, like a DJ Augustine, someone that sticks around I was just going to make that comp. Yeah. I was just going to make that comp, yep. yeah. some dude that sticks around the league for a long time and just does everything right. You can depend on him off the bench. But I, I just really like his game. Another cat that I like uh, is the dude from Man- Maryland. Uh, what is it, Fernando Bro- Bruno? Bruno or something? Mm-hmm. Bruno. Yeah, that dude, he's a monster. Now, I don't think his game fits the modern NBA, but if this was like 95, that dude might be a top 10 pick. <laughs> I mean, he can't shoot a lick, but he's a monster down there, beastly. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're at the sweet, sweet 16. Do you see anything that – um, stands out to you that, that there could be an upset brewing. I think this Gonzaga team is for real. Um, you know, I you know I think you and I both had Gonzaga and Duke um, in the Final Four, uh, and then what was it? Out of that um, out of that East bracket, um, I don't think that it's an upset per the seeding, but I think in everybody's mind it would be an upset because I think LSU is going to come out of that top bracket. I think LSU is a better team than Michigan State. Uh, I think they're going to beat Michigan State, and I think they're going to beat Dukes. Uh, I just like their length. I like Waters. I like how they big men play. Um, I think Duke really struggles from the outside. I'm not sold on this Michigan State team. So I think that will be one of the bigger upsets just because you're losing two teams that traditionally would go to the Final Four. Even though LSU is a, what, a three seed, having them go instead of Duke or Michigan State out there bracket is really big. Yeah, um, and I think you and I, do we pick Tennessee to come out of that, that uh, South Carolina bracket? Yeah, I actually did. I picked Tennessee um, to come out of that. Oh, and I said Purdue, so it's going it's to come down to that uh, tomorrow. I think those are both two really good teams. Um, I, I'm, I'm super interested in this Sweet 16. I think um, Virginia did it. You know, they, they came out the gate a little slow. Um, at the end of the day, they, they end up taking care of business, but I think they've got a good, good matchup coming up with Oregon. I think – Ultimately, they're a better team than Oregon. They should win this game, but Virginia's just kind of up and down sometimes. Yeah, I just don't trust Virginia. I like Oregon. I like the energy that they play with. I like how their guards play. I just look at this team and think, man, how dangerous would this team be if Bowl Bowl was there? Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they that's exactly right. If Bowl Bowl was there, that would kind of change things for them. Um, Did so, you know Bowl we'll Bowl was shooting 50% from the three-point line before he got hurt? 
And he got an ugly ass jump shot yes, just like his daddy. But so hey, but he was struggling fifty percent from the three point yep. line. He was shooting eighty percent from the free throw line. And this dude is seven two with a seven eight wingspan. The bad part about it is that foot injury. Foot injuries for mm-hmm. big men are the worst. They're cr- they're killers. Now I did look and see everybody that had the type of foot injury that he has. Um, they've all come come back and been successful. I mean, you're talking about players because like, Kevin Durant had that injury, right? Uh, I don't think Kevin Durant. I think it was Jordan, um, Joel Embiid had it. Uh, somebody else had it. I didn't see Kevin Durant, but pretty much I know. Well, because he, he broke his foot a few years ago, KD did, and I I, I remember thinking that with a, a seven foot dude breaking their foot, it's tough. But it might have been a, a different metatarsal. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the same injury. This is the injury that Jordan had that he ended up coming back for for from in the season um so people have come back from this injury and pretty much all of them have had pretty long careers so it, this isn't like one of those injuries that have like not like oh uh, Yao Ming had it Yao Ming it ended up in ending Yao Ming's career but it was like eight years later it's just one of those right. things that can bother you all throughout your career but it w- won't stop you from actually getting on the court it can just be a nuisance nuisance so Sweet 16 coming up this weekend. Um, you know, this is actually one of my favorite sporting times of the year because we go from, um, you know, March Madness right into the Masters. Then we go into the, uh, excuse me, the NBA playoffs. Then we go into the hockey playoffs. Then we got the NFL draft. So um, I found me a little honey out here. You know what I mean? She always trying to kick it with your boy. And uh, I basically told her I ain't going to see her ass till June. So, uh, <laughs> get, it start, you know. get it started off on the wrong foot. And at least you won't have high expectations. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, let her know that you ain't shit up front. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Say, baby, you on the back burner yeah. for at least the next three months. So, so uh, what matchup are you most looking forward to this weekend? Um, definitely Tennessee-Purdue. As I said, I, I think that um, the winner of that game is going to win that bracket. Uh, you pick Tennessee, I pick Purdue to come out. Um but I, I think both of those teams are good enough. Tennessee's just so hot and cold that, uh, you know, <laughs> it's really hard to read them because, like I said, they did everything they could to lose that game to Iowa. So, um, you know, being up 25 at halftime and then, then having to go to overtime. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they really uh, they pulled it out. Uh, the other matchup I'm looking forward well, to I'll is, is uh, North Carolina-Auburn. I will say that um, the Big Ten is a lot better than I thought they were. They're a lot better than I gave them credit for. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it, it, which usually, you know, you, you just think it's Wisconsin and everyone else, but this Big Ten ten team is is or excuse me, Big Ten conference is better. You're starting to see better athletes in the Big Ten. Same thing with the SEC. Um, you know, people talked about the old Big East and and the ACC, but really, for me, it's about two things in college sports. It's coaching is the biggest thing, and the SEC has gotten better coaches. That's true. Same thing with with the Big Ten in, in football. Um, you know, but there you're starting to get better athletes with those better coaches, and and so now it's no surprise that you have what the LSU's, the the Tennessee, the the um, you know uh, Auburn. Here we are, Kentucky, of course. You know what I mean. So you're starting to see a lot of SEC teams left in this um, in the Sweet 16. But you flip it back over, Michigan's still doing their thing. Uh, Purdue, I, I mean, you know, Wisconsin was a disappointment, but overall, I mean, the Big Ten is is a good conference this year. Yeah, the only consistent conference, uh, the ACC of basketball is like the SEC in football. That's the only conference that you can get consistent play out of every year. But the SEC is moving up. Every year they've gradually gotten better and better, and as you can see this year, 
I mean, they're they're in the tournament. Um, I'm not really looking forward forward to that game. The game that I'm really looking forward to is Houston, Kentucky. I think that's going to be a big game. Um, you look at the seeding, it's a 2-3 matchup. But I really like this Houston team. As I said, man, I think this Houston team has two guards that are NBA players and will be impact NBA players. And I think Kentucky, even though they have probably four or five players that might end up in the NBA, uh, I think this Houston team is a lot more seasoned, has more veterans, and they can give this team a lot of trouble. So, I mean, just going back to a previous conversation, if you're Kelvin Kelvin Sampson, why would you go from Houston to Arkansas? I mean, do you get do you get like that many better athletes? I mean, I I think Houston is in this situation where they're going to have to join a big conference, man, because they get good coaches and they they have success. But then people leave for greener pastures. I don't know if it's just... Yeah, it's a stepping zone call. Yeah, I don't know if it's because uh, they don't have the, the money to play these guys. So they need to become a part of a pro, um, part of a conference because Houston in itself is its own recruiting ground for both basketball and for football. I mean, you can sustain yourself in college just by recruiting Houston. So for Correct. them to be losing quality coaches that you know can succeed in Houston is kind of crazy. And it has to be just because of the money that they're bringing into the school and the competition that they're playing. Because otherwise, you can get the recruits. Houston football showed that. Um, Houston basketball has shown that on several occasions. So they're leaving. Why are they leaving? Because they can't compete in paying these coaches and the status and all the other things that's outside of the game on the court or on the field. Because you can compete on the court. You can compete on the field. But you can't compete with salaries, prestige, and all of that. So I think they're gonna. I think they need to join the Big Twelve, even though I think Texas is keeping them out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where they go because because like you said, they always have good talent. So I don't know that Arkansas, if that if that is true, that Arkansas can somehow get Kelvin Sampson, which I, I think that's a bit presumptuous. But um, we'll see. I, I think he's a really good coach, and obviously, you know. I think that they can make some noise in this tournament being in the Sweet 16. So I'm with you. If they were to beat Kentucky, it wouldn't be the biggest upset in the world to me. But I, I actually want to see this Auburn-North Carolina game as well. I think that that's a, a good matchup. Auburn is a good team, a really good team. I think North Carolina is a better team. But, I mean, it would not surprise me if Auburn, if that, like, went down to the last minute. Yeah, it all depends on which Auburn team you get, though. That's the thing. Do you get the Auburn team that's hot? If you get the Auburn team is hot, then you could be – North Carolina could be in some trouble now. I still think North Carolina is more balanced. They can score in different ways, got a better defense. But when that Auburn team gets hot, that Auburn team is really deep. Uh, really deep. I mean, that Auburn team is really deep, and they can get on fire really quickly. They have really good defense. They force a lot of turnovers. That can that can um, come into play because you got a freshman point guard in Kobe White who's more of a scoring point guard and not as good as running the offense. So, I mean, I'm very interested to see that game. That should be a good game with North Carolina fan. They're playing in Kansas City. I didn't even try to get tickets. But I'm um, hoping North Carolina can pull that one out. And he needs to cut that damn hair. No, nah, I like the hair, man. Everybody has to have. I mean, listen, this is what I say. If Colin Sexton doesn't have to cut that raggedy-ass uh, pigtail <laughs> that he got growing down his back, my boy Kobe White don't need to cut his hair. He got that silky smooth, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, juices and berries all juices and berries <laughs> <laughs> all right man let's kind of switch gears a little bit um rob gronkowski has decided to announce his retirement from the nfl um 
Where does Gronk rank all time for you as far as tight ends go? He's not going to be top five, I don't think. Wrong. Nah. Let's see. You got Wrong. Tony Gonzalez. And I'm talking about the eye test. You're going to give me stats. I don't care about that. Because uh, this this new NF, NFL, it's easier to put up those numbers. If you would have put Tony Gonzalez in this NFL or a Shannon Sharp, um, their numbers would have been incredible. Because when they played in the league, tight ends blocked more than they went out for passes. Even though you used um, Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp and all those guys to run routes and you used them in different situations, they were passing, what, 20 to 25 times a game? So anything that they got and anything that they did, they did it with less volume than a Gronkowski. Gronkowski is playing in the high flying, throw the ball 75 times a game with him and Tom Brady. So, yes, per stats that you're going to give me, he probably is top five. But in my eyes, he's not top five. I think Gronk's best tight end of all time. That's re- totally ridiculous. No. Yes. And I, I, he, I, okay, I would say it this way. He's no the way most he's dominant better. tight end yeah, of, no of all time. No way he's better than Gonzalez. He, no, well, he's Gonzalez played Brown. 18 years, it matter. but it doesn't matter. You, ta- you talk him. about you talk about impact on the game. Gronk was literally under. Gronk was like the shack of tight ends. Like so was Antonio Gates. Mo- no, yeah, no, no. And how how did Antonio Gates impact the game? By scoring touchdown and he didn't. Passes. He didn't. And how many games <laughs> I mean, they win? How many games they win? What you mean, how many, how many games Super Bowls they, they win? win? No, yeah, that's, that's Super Bowls better. How many Super Bowls? Because you know they won a shitload of games. They just didn't make the Super Bowl. But, the, but, they, but they, but they, but the Gronk single handedly, not single handedly, no, but no. Gronk was the main reason the Patriots were as good as they were. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, you, I'm sure it had nothing to do with a guy named Tom Brady, who's probably the greatest quarterback to ever play. Nothing to do with Thomas Nothing to do with having Thomas Brady. All I'm saying is Gronk is the most dominant tight end that you had to skip. I mean, yeah, Tony Gonzalez is going to catch his passes, whatever. Whoop-de-whoop, whoop-de-whoop. Bro, he but, had uh, the best quarterback of all time, and they throw 50 times a game. So what? That makes a difference That's, when you're looking at stats. So you're talking about stats so of the eye what test. you're saying. He can't even they, stay on the field half the time. You can't be the best tight end if you can't and, stay on the and field. And look at the numbers he put up in nine years. That's because they throw it 50 times a game. The most dominant tight no, end in the history you're of a tight vic- ends. You're a victim of. First ballot Hall of Famer. You're a victim of stats. Just like, oh, my God, James Harden is the greatest player of all time because he can score 50 points in a row even though nobody can touch him and he can fall on the ground and get a three-point play every time he shoots the ball. Who's, greatest score in history i ain't say all that but (laughs) like you literally lay on the ground and kick out and let's ah and they give him 17 free throws greatest score ever no i'm not a victim of this new age you got to put it in context now for robert gronkowski that most dominant tight end of all time no he doesn't pass the eye test he's he's good he's probably sixth he making squeeze out five but he's not the greatest of all time he's the most dominant that's like saying shaq Okay, so Shaq, most dominant of all time, but he ain't the greatest. Nah, different different category, because Shaq played in both types of leagues. So Shaq is one of those people that it's easy to make an argument for because he played in, like, three different styles in the NBA, and he was great in all of them. <laughs> There's really no style that Shaq didn't play. Most dominant tight end of all time. Um <clears throat> Well, that's all we got for the NFL part. However, <laughs> there was a little bit of news um, – the AAF, uh, is it is it the AAF or AFFL? What the hell is it's it? It's the AAF. Uh, I, now you accuse me of not watching sports. 
you right on the money on this one. I have not watched one second of the AAF. I actually uh, watched three minutes of it when I was in Branson this weekend at CC's Pizza because it was the only thing that's on, and it was terrible. I refers. <laughs> I refers. Uh, I don't care if Johnny Football Manziel is playing in the AAF for the Memphis Steamboats or whatever the hell they are. Um, Bro, Johnny, I, I Johnny Football got cut from the Canadian League. I'm pretty sure with all the cocaine and pills he has in his system, he's not the Johnny Football that you remember in the Cotton Bowl against it's over. OU. It's not that Johnny Football. I'm not even All these people sure. like people who are like, oh, he can still make an NFL comeback. No, folks, he can't. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> that dude is so washed. Um, but so apparently they didn't strike the deal they wanted with the NFLPA, and they are in danger of not having a second season. Um, do you buy this, or do you think it's posturing? Uh, see, the whole story it's, it's got to be posturing because the whole story sounds confusing to me. Because why would you invest? and start a league because they're pretty much saying that the NFLPA is not responding to them and they're not allowing them to sign younger players. And I know you're thinking, well, you know, if they're free agents, you can sign them. You can, but that's not who they're trying to sign. They're trying to sign people that are on like players that don't like futures contracts. They're trying to sign players that are already under contract under the practice league. You know, the good players, the players that are good enough to actually play in the NFL, more like the European league that they had. Um, that's what they're trying to do. They want to be a developmental league. So why would you right. start a league without assurances that the NFL, the NFL PA or whoever was going to do that for you? Uh, so by them saying that and saying they're going to go under, who are they trying to make feel sorry for them? I mean, I don't, I don't understand I like what where you would be going with this. I have a question. Is the XFL still a thing? Is that coming around to, to, uh, still too? Oh, the XFL is definitely coming. Vince McMahon, hey, I, I, I like Vince McMahon because that dude lost like $500 million on the XFL, went back to the WWE, made his money back, and now he's about to do it again. That dude has no quit in him. Oh, he's definitely so, doing it again. Where's all this talent going to be coming from? Well, you know, the XFL, they're not trying to do what the AAF is trying to do. The AAF wants to be like the NBA G League. That's what they want. They don't want to be independent of the NFL. That's why they're they're making this statement, because if they're not getting that type of talent, that's what they want to be sustained. They want the NFL to basically have a G League where they can put players down to develop them and things of that nature. This isn't the NBA, though. That's dangerous. Anytime you're playing football, you can have a season-ending career. So I don't know if I want to put my top prospects down in the AAF league to be playing against a dude that's never going to make a roster so he can break his leg or shatter his spine. So I can see why the NFL wouldn't want to get involved. Now, the XFL, what Vince McMahon wants to do, he wants to do it completely away from not attached to the NFL. That's what he did last time. That was not attached to the NFL. He wants to do his own league. It's not going to be the same style. It probably not going to be the same style he had before, but it's kind of different rules. Try to make it more exciting, like a competing league. That's not competing directly with the NFL. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, that's that on the NFL talk. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to contribute to the AAF. The AAF, I don't watch it. I don't care to watch it. I don't care if it's around next. I don't even know when they play. Well, the question uh, would be to you, do you think having a an NFL minor league would be good for the league? Um, it's tough to say because there's – man, 
Here's the thing about the no, I don't I don't think so because that's exactly what college football is. So um, you know, there's not I don't think there's enough talent to support a um, a minor league in the NFL because you can't even find twenty quarterbacks that are NFL quality half the time. Like I mean, you could argue that this is the the deepest that the quarterback position has been ever in the NFL, but that doesn't mean that the back half are any good. You just touched um, on the best point. And that's the point. You can find enough talent to sustain every position in the AAF except for a quarterback. And quarterback is what makes the game go. There's not even enough quarterbacks in the NFL to sustain the teams that they have. But you can find running backs that are exciting. There's like 18 running backs on every roster that you can put them in and they can get 100 yards. But as you said, linebackers, dime a dozen. Um, now, with that said, again, it's like, so maybe if they were to figure out a way to supplant college football, that's one thing. Um, and, and, and then you're getting that talent that's coming up and you're, you're surpassing college football. But as far as going to college football or going from, uh, being a college football player and maybe not making an NFL team and instead of playing in, on a practice squad or something like that, I mean, no, the talent is not deep enough from the most important positions to be able to to sustain a league. So no, I I don't care. What if they What if they start taking players out of high school? Would you support that? Mm, again, that paying, goes back to paying them. That goes back to surpassing college football. So if you can circumvent college football and become as talented as some of the college football programs, maybe. Well, not even yeah, not maybe. even becoming as talented, just giving kids a second option. Because you know some kids would take it. I mean, you still yeah, have college sure. football. College football is still there. You're not trying to, you know, replace college football. But if some kids, if they started getting top five recruits, which I think they will, if you, you know, if there's a free market bidding war, you can just bid for these kids somehow. Uh, I think they would get uh, a lot of that. I think they would get a lot of recruits. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced. Um <laughs> I just, you know, I and we can all agree that the NCAA needs to be flipped on his head, but you know, I, I'd have, I'd, I'd really have to take a look and see, you know, the type of players that they're able to garner. But I, I don't see it being a successful model. I think it would be very tough. Well, you know, they gave it the old college try. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you later, uh, <laughs> XFL. You're up next. We'll see if if you can sustain. Um, all right, man, let's flip to the NBA. Uh, before we get into the playoff hunt or the MVP talk, um, Big Baller Brand's having some issues. Uh, Olonzo seems to be separating himself from the brand. He covered up his tattoo. He hadn't spoke about his big mouth daddy, as Charles Barkley called him. Uh, big mouth freeloading daddy. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, what do you make of this? Yes, yeah, the, the age-old thing of, you know, getting some money. Then trusting the family friend to make you more money because he told you he knows all the ins and outs and all he's doing is stealing how, your money. How much money did that friend have before you made all that money? Well, so I don't know, though. He might have had some because he was a part of a, a Ponzi scheme that uh, was responsible for fraud on, I think, church members that generated over $4 million. So, you know, usually when you do those fraud schemes, they don't take all your money back. If you're good at doing those Ponzi schemes, you're good at hiding money, tucking money. He only ended up getting like six months because of probation violation or something. So he didn't do much hard time for that. So he may have already had a couple of million dollars in his pocket. 
So yeah, maybe. Yeah, so him having some money and being able to talk business and stroke Lavar's ego was his his tools into getting inside because they met him right out right after he got out of prison. Well, right after he got it was I ain't gonna say prison. It was probably like state or county because it was just a probation violation. Um, and that's when they met up with him. So they didn't even know he was in jail for fraud. But any dude that would defraud church members. Because he wasn't the pastor. He was a church member that was defrauding people in the church for over $4 million. And then you put him in charge of not one business, but every business that you have. And every business that they had, had red flags that have been popping up for years that have totally went ignored. Yeah, it didn't really make any sense. Um, You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, just seemed like bad business from the jump. If you look at it, and it looks like Lonzo's ready to distance distance himself from the whole thing. Um, but that's the problem with um, starting your own company. You know that all sounds good, but when you look at these companies, the shoe business is so competitive, and they have like it is more than just selling shoes, and it's more than just being a star player. I mean, just like you're looking at the cat that tried to extort Nike. These shoe companies have their hand in so many different things in the basketball community. It's hard to just start your own shoe brand. I mean, they're connected with schools. They're connected with AAU teams. They're connected with NBA players. You can't just be one player that's just coming to the NBA and start your own shoe brand and think it's going to be successful. It's too competitive of a business. It's a good idea, you know, starting your business and stuff. But it would be better if you were co-branding like LeBron or like Jordan did. Get in with them and then branch off because that's not a market that they're going to let you get your foot in. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that that's just business in general. Everything that you do is going to be a competitive business. But Yeah, but um, some, 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 some places are different than others, you know. Some there's some markets like a clothing line. You can get into clothing. You may not be getting be able to get into like the Gucci high brand clothing, but there's still a way that you can get in there without being kicked out. The shoe brand. I'm talking about athletic shoes. That is a whole different game. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're dealing with the most popular league in the country um, at the at the very least. And I know people are gonna try and say no, the NFL. When last time you bought a pair of Cam Newtons, okay? It just don't happen. So well, I just went and uh, bought me a pair of Jimmy Garoppolo's the other day. Got got the latest Jimmy G's. Got the so, latest uh, Jimmy G's on for twenty six ninety nine at Payless. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's one of those things where I I never was high on the big baller brand to begin with, but hopefully he's learned a lesson. Yeah, man. See. I mean, you, you know, you always want to support black business. You always want to say, hey, I hope it can succeed. My questions about the whole thing was just capital. Uh, you have to have a lot of capital to get that going because, I mean, as fast as they went, you know, you, you went. It should. That's what I'm saying. Most Ponzi, Ponzi schemes, if you just look at common sense and look at how things are set up, then you can tell that the, something isn't right. I mean, Lonzo, he's a rookie. He has a rookie contract. He didn't take a Nike deal. So at most, he would got like three or four million dollars, you would say, in his first year. So you're going to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're going to take that and you're going to start a whole shoe company and have the distribution. Now, I don't know how many investors they had. I don't know how many investors he lied and said they had because LeVar doesn't seem like he's smart enough to do 
the checking in the background to see if everything that is being said to him is true. But you're talking about setting up a distribution center for the shoes, get the shoes out, online services, IT, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole distribution channel that you have to set up. And you're talking about $4 million at max. You know right. I mean? So, I mean, I mean, it just didn't make sense. That's why they have an F at the Better Business Bureau right now. And at the end of the day, if LeVar Ball is the face of your company, you're in trouble anyway. So, good luck to you. Yeah, he, um, he just stroked LeVar's ego. I read an interview where he said LeVar was like, man, that guy is so smart. And he was sitting and listening to me said, you know what, LeVar? You got a lot of good ideas. Why don't you just go past Nike and start your own company? But make sure you put me in charge, though. <laughs> that just sounds like a scam. I'm never trusting a cat like that. <laughs> All right, man, let's kind of get into the playoff race a little bit. Um, we've got about six games left in, in the playoff race to go. Um, any surprises from you, for you going into it? You know, I'm really surprised that the Lakers didn't make it. I mean, I thought LeBron would be able to get it done. thought he was at least a 55-win team. You know, he's worth at least 32 win shares. So that's the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, they came out already saying that LeBron was actually – his groin was still – was hurt a lot worse than then he let on. And he could have been out for six months instead of the six (laughs) weeks. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you know I'm lying. I, I had no faith in them. My biggest surprise is Orlando and Detroit. I never thought that they had a chance of making the playoffs. Orlando especially. Right now, after beating Miami, they're in the eighth seed. So, that's my biggest surprise. Another surprise is I called that San Antonio was going to be a top four seed. San Antonio being in the eighth seed, even though pretty much everybody, like, four through eight is a close together, that's still surprising that they're sitting at eight and Oklahoma City is sitting at seventh right now. And really the fact, uh, the crazy thing for me is that um, if Marvin Bagley didn't get hurt, I think Sacramento makes playoffs. Um, and I have don't don't think I would have said that in a million years. I don't, I don't know about that. They still, they're still six games out. I don't think Marvin Bag- Bagley would have been able to catch um, San Antonio. Now the biggest surprise is – the Clippers were sit hanging around at like the eighth seed, like for three months, and now they jumped up to the fifth seed and already clinched the playoff spot. They're right. <laughs> that that's kind of that is impressive. I mean, you you can say a lot about Doc Rivers, and this is what I say. This is this is a lot of what I say about um, LeBron James. Um, it's not that he's not a great player, but there's certain players that are just hard to coach because they're so good. They're so talented and they've been so successful, it's hard for you to kind of coach them and tell them what to do. And I think Chris Paul is a part of that because Doc Rivers was a great coach in Boston. Uh, He struggled in Orlando, but he was a great coach in Boston. Would you agree with that? Yep. Then he goes to the Clippers and he has the most talent, the young talent. I mean, he has the most talent in Boston, but the young talent, he had the team to win. But there was just something about that team at the Clippers that they could not be successful. Then they lose their best three players. Actually, their best four players because they traded Tobias Harris to midseason for mm-hmm. a pack of bubble gum and Doritos. And mm-hmm. they got better. I don't know. I like Landry Shamit, though. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I like Landry. But, but, but still, I get, but what, I get what your they point. paid for Landry. I mean, he was a second round pick, a late second round pick. And yeah. you traded him for Tobias Harris, you know what I mean? And he made a good good trade by getting Zizek or whatever. But Zubox, Zubox, yeah. yeah. Oh, Zizix is on uh, Cleveland. Uh, but he gets better. They got better when they had Tobias Harris. They were kind of you know around the seventh, eighth seed. They were good. They were dangerous. But they didn't move up. 
Then they got rid of Tobias Harris. Now it's just a team that he can coach, and everybody listens. They're young players there. They play his system. Everybody plays hard. With a Montrez Harrell, just playing hard in the NBA can get you in the playoffs. Miami Heat has proven that for like the last three years. They've been trash and can sneak in the playoffs just because they play hard and they're coached well. Yeah, I, I thought once they traded Tobias Harris that that was them kind of waving the white flag because they didn't want to give their pick to Boston and that they were going to um, – kind of let the season go and, and get a lottery pick. But, they yeah, they've clinched the playoff spot. Um, they're probably going to finish at the, as the fifth or sixth seed. And um, I'm flat out impressed. But you also got to be impressed with Brooklyn. We talked about them, too. Uh, Brooklyn, right now, they haven't clinched because they're, they're fighting. When they're, they're in that battle with, you know, Detroit and Orlando and Miami. They're all about two games apart. But still, Brooklyn with D'Angelo Russell – and they got a bunch of throwaway players, and they're they're playing. They're a dangerous team right now. They're sitting at the six seed, and by their style of play, they can give Philadelphia some trouble because Philadelphia can't shoot. And if I don't know Brooklyn, if, they, if that Brooklyn team gets hot, I think if if they mess around and slip to the six seed, or excuse me, if they uh, if they fall to the uh, seventh seed and have to play. Uh, wait, sorry. Seven seed, they would play Toronto. Yeah, I was thinking that if I, I was thinking of a Boston Brooklyn matchup, um, but that, that's the four or five. But Brooklyn is, yeah, they're a good team for a team that was in in hell after they they traded for Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Joe Johnson. Um, to basically, and that shows you how stupid the Lakers are and how stupid the Lakers have been over the past, you know, nine years, and how they stupid up, they're trying to be. <laughs> Without, exactly. without a little help. <laughs> you know? And they gave up a, a player who was in his second year who has turned out to be an all-star at the most important position in the NBA. And so you go to a Nets team that didn't have draft picks for 18 years. You basically give them a free number three pick in D'Angelo Russell who showed promise. And, of course, and now they're, they're, they've got a good coach. You and I have talked about Brooklyn all year. Kenny Axe is a good coach. They've got a front office whose owner finally said, hey, do what you need to do. We'll bring some basketball people in here. They were able to find Jared Allen. They were able to find Spencer Dinwiddie. They were able to find Karis LeVert. Ed Davis, a solid big man backup who's contributed everywhere he's went. You know, it's it's Joe Harris, Karis LeVert. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Demari Carroll. (laughs) <laughs> Alan, that Alan Crab contract was a was bad at the time and it's still bad now. But I yeah I agree with you. He's a contributing player. Um, but hey, Demari Carroll exactly. But you gotta respect them for offering the contract. Portland meeting meeting matching it, and then they steal the next year trade for him anyway. I mean they right. did Portland a favor. <laughs> Speaking of Portland, um, uh, Yusef, uh Yusef Nurkic going down. Um, that's tough, man. That oh. That injury was terrible. I was watching that game. Um, the sound of that man's leg snapping, yeah. it was the same thing with um, Gordon Hayward last year when I was watching that game and his leg snapped. I mean, you just hear it. It sounds like a tree a tree trunk. Um, and that's a big blow to Portland, who I thought had a real chance if C.J. McCollum was able to come back and, and get healthy for the playoffs. Um, him and Nurkic and, and, and Dame Dollar, I thought that was going to be a, a, a tough out for anyone. 
Um, but well, well they kind of salvaged it though. Um, at the trade deadline, that's why I say you never can have too many players in the same position. I agree. They went and got Ennis Canner. So Ennis Canner, they're gonna they're gonna lack some defense because Nurkic was really big at protecting the rim. But as far as offensive production, I would say that Ennis Canner is probably a better all around offensive player, and he may be a better offensive rebounder. The problem they're gonna come in come with is that Ennis Canter is still not a great pick and roll player. Um, Nurkic is a lot, little bit better on the pick and roll, but they have Zach Collins. So if they can do some combination of defense, offense, and find some balance in that way, Portland can still be a dangerous team. Yeah, um, but kind of like you know, it, it's a it's a tough it's a tough loss for them. Um, but I'm excited to see, man. I'm excited to see what comes. Down. I mean, the playoff teams are pretty much set. We know who's going to make it. Doesn't look like Sacramento is going to be able to make a jump in the East. Miami could still still sneak into that eighth spot, but. Um, I don't think it matters. I think the Buc- the Bucks beat the hell out of them, Orlando or Detroit. Doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> let's. What I told you tell you about discounting my guys. We're gonna give a good solid four two loss. They ain't gonna just beat the hell out of us. You know what I mean? They ain't just gonna be sweeping nobody around here. If we get in, we gonna get one to two games. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, well. That's 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 one of them made for NBA TV series if I've ever heard one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely on NBA TV on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be watching a minute of that game on primetime. You so, might you might get one the first week, you know, just yeah. to highlight everybody. But then after that, you won't see no more of Dwayne Wade on TV. No. Nah. You gonna look up and be like, "Hey, uh, wasn't Milwaukee playing somebody?" <laughs> and uh, like, "Oh hell, that game started at noon <laughs> on a they Tuesday, eleven thirty a.m. game starting off." <laughs> so, um, so with that said, man, before we get out of here, who is your MVP up to this point? I think it's a two-man race, um, and for for the entire season, I was on Giannis, but man, I'm looking at James Harden and. Man, this cat has these dudes three games out of the one seed when they were like 10 or 12 or something like that to, you know, the first couple months of the season. I mean, he's having a, a, an incredible season. Yeah. I mean, he has. I mean, for a minute there we were talking about Paul George, but he's kind of – he kind of pooped out on us. But he's He hurt and, his shoulder. And he, yeah, yeah, he kind of And then off. they fell to the seventh seed. They don't, they're on a losing streak right now, even though they could probably pay, play their way back into the fifth seed, it looks like. But – I just it's hard for me to I mean Harden has been doing everything. There's nothing that Harden has been doing that's bad. He's put the team on his back. He's using the game to his benefit. I just really respect what Giannis has been doing. And for Mil for a Milwaukee team that has been bad and disappointing for so long, for them to finally reach the potential that we thought they've had for the past two to three years, and for Giannis to be probably the best player in the NBA right now. I have to go with Giannis, man. And the fact that he just doesn't care about anybody. He just dunks on everybody in the lane and talks bad about him. It's like if Joel Embiid could actually, you know, dribble up full court. Yeah, and he's averaging 27, 12, and 6 in only 32 minutes a game. Yeah. And Think I mean, about that. And he has monster defensive stats. That's I mean, and the funny thing about James Harden, you would assume that James Harden wouldn't have monster defensive stats, but James Harden has monster defensive stats this year too. I think he leads the NBA in steals. On top yeah. of yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. He gets like three to five steals per game. Now he's just doing the Allen Iverson playing the passing lane thing. Giannis defense is more impactful 
to the game, though. And so when you see his stats, his three blocks, his four steals, his whatever you see, those are actually impact plays because not only is he, you know, scoring these points and doing everything for the team, assisting, rebounding, but he's also their rim protector when Brooke Lopez isn't in the game. Well, the only thing I hate for Milwaukee is, luckily, like I said, I think that they're good enough to beat whomever they play in the first round, but they've got some injuries. Pal Gasol, who they just acquired, is injured, who they – were able to get for, uh, you know, to back up Nikola Mirotic, who's injured. Um, you know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon's hurt. That's they've got a, a, George a Hill's one. hurt. Uh, you know, they got a lot of injuries. So hopefully if they can get back by the second round, they can, I you know, I think that they can make a run. But if, they, if they're, they're not able to overcome these injuries, I think it's all for naught. And they'd be a disappointing one seed at that point. Yeah, I mean, truth, truthfully, if Orlando can make it in, Orlando could make it tough for Milwaukee because Orlando is built a lot like the Milwaukee team. They're long. Um, they have Vucevic. They have uh, Aaron Gordon. They have Jonathan Isaac that's starting to come around. They are really long. They are really athletic. And they can shoot the ball at times. So it, it kind of depends on how their offense is rolling. But I think that Orlando could give Milwaukee a tough match. I don't think that they can beat them but they can give them a tough matchup. The thing I'm looking at is Boston. Boston did themselves a disservice by getting that four or five seed because that means you're going to have to see Milwaukee in the second round. Yep. So we'll see, man. I'm excited. Um, We've got, again, just to recap, we've got some March Madness coming up this week. We've got the playoff push coming down the stretch. Anything else you want before we get out of here? I want your final four again. After the – you already watched last weekend. Who's your new final four? Uh, Duke, Gonzaga, Ah, man, I I can't say it's not gonna be. I I I got to stick with Purdue, I guess. Um, I I just I have to. Um, and then I will go with North Carolina. I'm gonna go LSU, Gonzaga, North Carolina, and I think I'm switching from Tennessee, and I'm gonna go Oregon. I think they make the Final Four. I really like how they're playing, and I don't Ooh. I don't trust Tennessee, and I don't trust Virginia. So I'll go with Oregon. Tough. We'll see. So we got a big weekend coming up. Um, I'm excited. Um, But that's all we got, folks. That's it. That's all. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, on Two Smart Dummies on Instagram. We also have the network page, which is the Two Smart Network. Um, So check us out. We got some new content coming up. Um, Reach out to us on Smart Dummies. What is it? SmartDummies2 at gmail.com. Yeah. And that it's it. That's all. And the Facebook on Facebook.Facebook.com. <laughs> and the Facebook on Facebook <laughs> at Facebook.com. I couldn't have Look, said man, it better myself. If y'all don't know how to search for something on Facebook, <laughs> just get out of here anyway. Uh, all right, y'all. Y'all have a good week. We'll holler at you. We'll be dropping this ep- or the next episode next Tuesday. So we'll holler at y'all. Have a great weekend. Peace. Peace.